Welcome into Gotta Take This. I'm Crawford Humphreys. He's Cole Eisner, and today is Tuesday, September 15th. On today's show, the NBA playoffs get even crazier, which is hard to imagine given what we've already seen. Also, a hot mic fiasco has created multiple rumors about the return of the Big Ten, and it looks like things are leaning towards a late October return, so we will dive into that and analyze everything going on there. And of course, plenty of hot takes, Skip Bayless under fire, just lots to talk about in general. A lot of crazy things going on right now, but we begin today with the return of NFL football. It, we had an incredible weekend of action. It was awesome to watch. It, it honestly was the one part of 2020 that has felt normal so far. So crazy. Or at least since like March. This is the, the most life has felt kind of normal since March. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it started on Thursday with Chiefs-Texans. And so the way we're going to go through, we have a lot of games to go through. So we're going to kind of do this little like popcorn style and just go back and forth and just have five seconds to just do a stream of consciousness and blur out whatever we whatever comes to mind about these games. Yeah. Um, not as much analysis because that would take way too long. So let's just go. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. So let's just go on. Uh, first game was the Thursday night football game that opened up the season. The Chiefs opening up as the defending champions playing against the Texans. And the one thing that I noticed, despite everything that went on and Patrick Mahomes proving his worth yet again and getting a big win for the Chiefs, Andy Reid opted for the face mask or sorry, like the yeah. face shield instead of the mask itself. And it fogged up. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he was seeing out, uh, seeing the field. I don't know how he was seeing what happened, but it was hilarious. Yeah. And they kept panning back to it, and it got <laughs> foggier and foggier the entire game. Yeah. And he never cleaned it because I guess he didn't want to get his hand in there and all that. But it was hilarious. That's the one thing. Like, that's what I lived for in that game was the times where they would pan to the sideline just to show him. Yeah. The only thing that would have made more Andy Reid is if he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt as well. So. <laughs> Would have been perfect. And then we've got Jets and the Bills. Bills beat the Jets 27-17. I mean, the Josh Allen era is here. You know, they're all in. They got Stephon Diggs trying to win the AFC East with Brady gone now. It's going to be an interesting year for them. Packers beat the Vikings. This is moving into the Sunday slate of games. And the Packers picking up where basically everyone expected them to start. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with another strong performance. Vikings really struggled throughout the entire game. But... Amazing performance by Rodgers. There were some incredible throws, and he's a guy that just seems to keep defying time as a QB. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Vikings were missing their top three corners, I believe, so, you know, I'm not really a Rodgers fan. I think he beats up on bad defenses, so maybe we disagree there. Maybe that can be an embrace He's not a family man, for sure. He's not a family man. No, not at all. (laughs) Hard to to like that. No. Um, Then we got the Eagles in Washington. Um, This was uh, tough for my housemate, Eric Recchi, who... Um, is a huge Eagles fan. This was tough to watch. I believe they were up 17 to nothing, and they lost to a team that everyone was kind of expecting to suck this year, to be frank. I'm telling you, the, the Washington football team is for real. This is big time. Having Chase been, Young looked good. Ron Riviera there. Chase yeah. Young looked good. Dwayne Haskins had a heck of a game, too. Yeah. This is what people were really – this was kind of the pipe dream when Ron Riviera got hired. Yeah. This is an, it was amazing to watch. Yeah. It was insane. And they're, they're the most prepared to play in front of an empty stadium out of all exactly. teams. Exactly. We were talking about that last game. Yeah. And I think we were right about it. That's another. We are two for two on takes thus far. We got yes. Kirk Cousins, and then we got D.C. having an advantage playing in an empty stadium at FedEx Field. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Moving on to Ravens-Browns. Browns, man, it just – it's awful. Yeah. I think they're they're like one in sixteen in opening games or something like that. They're yeah, that or franchise in the last doomed. seventeen years or something. It was just it's awful. Yeah, awful all around. Lamar Jackson just stomped on him, man. They were all over them the entire yeah. game, and it was funny seeing OBJ go up and, and talk to Lamar afterwards, which of course the people thinking he was asking to you know to, trying time. to get a, trying yeah. to get a trade like get me out of here as yep. soon as you can. Yeah, it just it, trouble in paradise in Cleveland right now. Uh, yeah, paradise. Yeah, maybe <laughs> trouble. Let's just call it trouble. Um, 
Colts lost to the Jaguars. A little bit of surprise there in Phillip Rivers' first game with the Colts. Um, and the Jaguars, maybe a prove-it game for them, proving it to Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. that they might be the team for him. Everyone thinks that they're tanking for Trevor. Um, but, you know, I mean, a, a win is a win. They're 1-0. So, and they're actually – I think they might be in first in the AFC South. I think so. Because Texans like lost, and uh, now I'm forgetting who all the other team is. Titans, oh, they won. So, they're tied. But, hey, share first place is still first place. Raiders Panthers, another Sunday game, a game that I think most people forgot was on, but it was a, it was a close one. Thirty four to thirty was the final score. It was yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's first game in Carolina, picking up where Cam Newton left when he went off to New England, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that game a little later. Um, but the Raiders getting that win, it was kind of, the weirdest thing for me about this game was seeing Las Vegas on the little score yeah. graphic. Because it was like Carolina lost eight. Just really weird for me to see that. Definitely. And they ran that uh, fullback dive on fourth short mm-hmm. instead of giving it to Christian McCaffrey, who's one of the best players <laughs> doesn't in the make league. Sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. <laughs> tough tough call for Matt Rule in his first game in yeah. Carolina as well in this new era for them. Uh, Bears beat the Lions barely. Um, the barely. DeAndre. I see what you did there. Barely. Oh, yeah. I like oh, that. Wow. That was good. Didn't even, didn't even realize. But um, DeAndre Swift dropped a sure touchdown in the end zone with about 11 seconds left. It was brutal, wide open, not touched. He could have just, I mean, uh, right in his hands. Lions 0-1 start the year. Seahawks-Falcons, another one of the A-list games on Sunday. Don't like the new Falcons jerseys. They, de- they debuted that on Sunday. It I doesn't like the say, helmets. Just says, the, the helmets look good. I just yeah. don't like the AT. They just said ATL yeah, on the yeah. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. No. Uh, Seahawks get the win there. Russell Wilson with a heck of a game. Um, I think he's he's really solidifying himself as like a top three quarterback in the league. Right? Absolutely, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy given that like it it really feels like he's lost pieces slowly over time. Yeah, um, but he has never lost a beat. No, yeah, he's he's good with any team, any roster, and I hope that they really you know there's the let Russ cook movement, mm-hmm. and I hope I hope Pete Carroll lets it rip this year. I, I hope he doesn't just keep establishing the run and doing that over and over no, and over again. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, um, Patriots beat the Dolphins twenty-one to eleven. The Cam Newton era oh, has this arrived. Is, this is you right here. I'll this let you me. have let you yeah. have this moment. The Patriots fan. <laughs> I mean, it was exciting. Cam Newton seventy-five yards rushing, two touchdowns. I mean. Are you, you see a little bank. I mean, you, bet, you bet in the house on Cam. I don't know. I mean, they're kind of like going with that um, Baltimore style offense of quarterback runs, and I don't know. It, it, it's very different than what we've seen in the past from them. But I mean, it was effective, obviously against the Dolphins. But you know, they're still a well coached team, young, hungry team. Um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see how the season progresses. But I'm just excited to see a new offense, and I think it looks cool. Chargers Bengals. Uh, a little bit weird watching the Chargers without Philip Rivers. I don't know if I'll ever yes. ever get used to that. Yeah. Um, but kind of like the game I talked about with uh, the Raiders and the Panthers. Another game that I think everyone really forgot was on um, <laughs> in the midst of you know Seahawks Falcons and the Patriots playing and all that. Yeah. Um, and of course Saints Buccaneers. We'll talk about later. Kind of the primetime game of, of Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it just feels so weird seeing that team. Because Philip Rivers, I mean, I've grown up my whole life, I've watched Philip Rivers on the Chargers. It's yeah. just weird. Yeah. And again, it's kind of the same thing with, with Brady not being in New England. Mm-hmm. It's just so, feels so foreign to watch that. Yeah, That's the one part of, of 2020 and watching football that didn't feel normal was all the, the weird off-season moves with veteran quarterbacks that just kind of, I don't know, I just don't know if I like it. It'll be weird seeing teams in the playoffs dueling with these different quarterbacks. You know, we're, we're used to them, you know, Phillip Rivers in, in San Diego. Well, I guess they were in Los Angeles last year, right? Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm, uh, I'm, I'm way behind. That's, that shows. Still sucking, I'm still sucking like 2008 right now. Yeah, I know. I know. But, I mean, Joe Burrow's first game played well, almost had the game-winning and score. His kicker blew it, man. Yes. They blew it. I, I, the, they should not put the blame on Joe Burrow for that game. Because no. I think he did pretty good for a guy that had that much hype, number one pick, yeah. in a – franchise that has not been good in years 
No, um, yeah. He and, scored that first rushing touchdown, which mm-hmm. was electric. That was so much fun to watch. Yeah. But I put all the bl- I put all the blame on his kicker. Yeah, and, and even AJ Green on him. You still had catch in the corner, AJ yeah. Green, and the offensive pass interference call. I mean, he really Burrow won that game twice, and they both of them didn't count. Unfortunate, yeah. you know, but it, probably the start to a long, fruitful career. Yeah. Um, if they can get a kicker, hopefully, I think yes. it'll be a lot more fruitful if they can get know, a kicker. I know. Good lord. Yeah. The Cardinals beat the 49ers in a pretty tough game. Both teams plays a both teams played okay. Garoppolo missed a couple throws at the end, but Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins looked really sharp. DeAndre Hopkins had a career high in catches with 14, I believe. Um, so really good start to that era, that air raid and the Cliff Clinsbury offense. Um, they, they could be a contender this year. I mean, they, they look sharp against the team that was in the Super Bowl and was up 10 in the fourth quarter last no, year. No, they, they definitely look good. And this is it's kind of similar to the, the Phillip Rivers thing, but it's just so weird seeing Hopkins in, in the, uh, the Cardinals jersey instead yeah. of the Texans jersey. It feels like Madden or something. Exactly. It feels kind of weird. It feels like a, an like a team that like you're building your own, building your own franchise, yeah. basically. And then I'll let, you, I'll let you talk about this one. I'll introduce um, it, and yeah. then I'll hand this off to you. But Saints Buccaneers... Uh, Saints pull off the win, thirty-four to twenty-three. This was kind of the, uh, the hallmark game of, of Sunday. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady getting his first start in Tampa Bay. You also have Drew Brees, um, Alvin Kamara, who we re-signed. I don't know mm-hmm. if we talked about that. We talked about all the you know controversy there and whether or not he was going to get traded or what was going to happen. But he got signed, got yeah. a five-year extension, seventy-five million dollars. Saints pull out the win there um, in the Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, and it was an awesome game to watch. Yeah. It was definitely weird seeing Tom in the new system. You could definitely tell there were some moments where he was frustrated and, you know, definitely not happy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone is going to rush to judgment about this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, the, there were there were two ways that this game could have played out. You know, if Brady had won, then it would have been this whole, like, oh, he didn't need New England. Like, yeah. Super Tom Bowl. Brady's the GOAT. Yeah, yeah, Super Bowl, all that. But then if they lost, which ended up happening, everyone's going to think, well, he's, you know, needs to be in the system. He can't win without New England. He needs yeah. Belichick, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't also help that the Patriots beat the doll. You know, it doesn't no. help the Patriots won their game, too. That's true. Um, so this game, you know, stemmed a lot of controversy despite being the first game of the season. Yeah. During COVID, we can't really have true training camp and everything. I don't know. I just hope people don't rush to judgment about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers look sloppy against the Saints team that's, you know, loaded again and who's been playing together for a long time. Um, you know, two picks by Brady that were his fault, um, but he did make some sharp throws. Um, Mike Evans almost didn't play with a hamstring, so he was definitely limited. Had that one touchdown in garbage time, but not really effective beyond that. Gronk, Gronk didn't really do much. Um, and the Saints defense made some, and special teams really didn't play well, you know, some some key false start penalties, or excuse me, offsides on the defense um, that they had in, you know, fourth down, third down. Um, and the face mask on the touchdown that allowed them to pooch kick it, and then the Saints recovered it. Just, you know, they look sloppy, which is to be expected to some extent because it is a new team getting gelling together, new offense. You know, they ran the ball more than they passed the ball, which is rare for Bruce Arians. Um, and the Saints are just a well-oiled, well-oiled machine that's they're always going to be as long as Breeze is there and maybe even after. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't, again, wouldn't read too much into this. I think that later in the season will be a better indicator of, you know, where both these teams are at. Um, and then the Rams beat the Cowboys on Sunday night um, in that beautiful new stadium, right? It's, insa- it's incredible. That was really cool. It's insane. God, $5 billion, I think. Nuts. Jeez Louise. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys probably, they were favored in this game. Um, I bet on them. I lost money on them, fortunately. Um, What's new? Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, that you expect them to be loaded. I mean, Mike McCarthy's first game. Um, and the Rams, good win. I mean, people kind of writing them off a little bit. But they still have Aaron Donald. I mean, Goff's not horrible. And, you know, McVay, McVay's a decent coach. Um, I still think he's kind of overrated in the league. But 
Um, good win for the Rams, and you know the Cowboys just need to kind of tighten the ship, similar to the Buccaneers to some extent, that it is a new system this year. Yeah. I, one question that I had about this game, I wanted to get, get your take on this, is really the, the defining moment was when the Cowboys were driving down the field, down three, trying to score, at least get a field goal to tie it up, and Jalen Ramsey sold the uh, offensive yeah. pass interference, and that took Dallas way back, and they, by that point, you know, they really had nothing. They were at their own 30-yard line with, yeah. like, 30 seconds left. Really nothing was going to happen from there. But do you think that's going to be the new thing now is, is – corner selling or even wide receivers like selling calls almost like the NBA to the point where it's just like every, there's going to be a I don't know yeah. it just kind of worries me you know just seeing that happen it was like very NBA-esque the way he sold it yeah you know because if the refs didn't catch that he potentially could have given up a touchdown the way he kind of like threw himself back yeah I, I, I don't know I mean yeah I mean we saw in the Buccaneers game the the Bucks got a couple long plays on PI calls, which mm-hmm. it's definitely a strategy. I mean, you yeah. can just throw it, and if your receiver can draw contact, I mean, it's like catching the ball. It's just mm-hmm. effective. So, I mean, it's totally a strategy. Teams should use it. And Jalen Ramsey, I mean, that was a masterful job drawing that. Insane. He was beat, and that was going to be yeah. a long gain, if not a touchdown. And, you know, on, he just sold it perfectly to get the call because it was light contact, but just the way he did it. Really, really masterful job from one of the top corners in the league. And then we move into our Monday night games. Uh, there were two of them. Steelers-Giants uh, kick things off, and the Steelers running over the Giants. Danny Dimes had, had his flashes. He had his moments. Yeah. But Saquon didn't show up. Saquon, no. I think, had six rushing yards total. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like that's, you know, if that's going to be what you kind of build your offense around, especially given the fact that Danny Dimes is the most reliable quarterback and yeah. you don't have the most reliable receiver core. Yeah. It was really disappointing to see him not show up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Daniel Jones is really about short passes, game manager type guy, which is valuable in the NFL. Saquon's really the home run threat, and if he can't even be hit, he can't hit singles, mm-hmm. then, I mean, their offense is trouble. They had one really long drive. It was like 19 plays, and then Jones threw that interception. He got hit right at the goal line. Brutal. I mean, mistakes like that, you can't beat a team like the Steelers, who are returning Big Ben, who played really well, looked great. Big Ben's back. Yeah. I think he's back. Yeah. He had that fat compression sleeve on his arm yeah. after the game, but I think he's back, officially. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers, as a Patriots fan, it makes me a little nervous. I mean, Big Ben Sharp is scary for any team, especially getting into the playoffs when mm-hmm. he could just dial it in. So, yeah, they look good. Giants, I thought, didn't look terrible, but Saquon needs to show up, and they could be okay. Joe Judge's first game coaching there as well. Exactly. Yeah. And our last game of the week, Titans-Broncos ran... That ended at like 1.30 Eastern time. Yeah, they started the game at like 10.30 Eastern yeah, time. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, I stayed up for that even though I had an 8 a.m. <laughs> class today. I made it to class. So. <laughs> That's all that matters. Best of both. Hey, work hard, play hard at w That's what we're all about. <laughs> Stay up late watching a game you don't care about and still go to exactly. your class. Exactly. The, 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 the way they organize these games is they really just put two very – mediocre games for the first Monday night of the season. Yeah. See, that's, like, my thing. that's my thing. Like, why didn't they put Rams-Cowboys on Monday night instead yeah. of having that be, like, the follow-up game to Saints-Buccaneers? Yeah. Like, if I were scheduling, I definitely would have shifted a lot of those Sunday games around just to make Monday night a little bit more enticing for the yeah. viewer that doesn't have a team. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, Cardinals-49ers or Buccaneers-Saints, I would have loved to see on exactly. Monday Exactly. Two teams you could have really, really advertised. Yeah, absolutely. But this game, I mean, the, the big story was Steven Gostowski missing three kicks. Brutal. I think it was like 47, 44, Brutal. 41. Like, all 40-yarders, so not giving And he's, a, he's a notoriously a pretty reliable kicker. Absolutely. I, I read a stat. He started. He came into the game the fifth most accurate kicker in NFL history, and he left as the ninth most accurate. So, like, falling down the boards in terms of accuracy for his whole career, just based on those three misses. Um, missed an extra point as well. However, he came in, hit what was like 22, 25-yarder to, to steal the game. 
Um, so, you know, he probably saved his job one more week. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Well, see, here's the thing that, that blows my mind is kickers are the one, one, one of the only positions. I'm not going to make too broad of a statement here, but they're one of the only positions in football that you could hypothetically practice without anyone else. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you can have, you can have a T you don't even need like a placeholder. Like there's a T for that as well. So they, COVID did not apply to kickers basically. No. Is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. So these guys have no excuse to not be out there just hitting every kick because they had all this time to practice and they didn't need anyone else to help them. Absolutely. Like sure you gotta, you gotta retrieve your own balls and do all that and that's a pain in the butt. Yeah. But they're the one, like one of the only positions that can't make the argument like, well I was in, co- like no, con- I couldn't do contact in practice, I, yeah. you know, all these rules and regulations. It doesn't really apply to them, which is what blows my mind about some of these guys, just like having terrible games week one. Yeah, and I would still say props to Mike Vrabel for sticking with his kicker. They were trying to score at the end to avoid kicking, but, you know, he still sent him out there on fourth down. That's, that's a big thing is you've got to have, like, as a coach, you've got to be confident because your players feed off of it. And if you're a kicker, if you're any player in general and your coach isn't confident in you, you aren't going to be confident in yourself. Yeah, such a mind game as exactly. a kicker. And coach's confidence means a great deal. They were former teammates in New England as well, so, exactly. you know, connection there, so... Yeah, hopefully he kept his job, but we'll, we'll see. TBD. <laughs> Moving from the NFL into the NBA, oh, before I, we get into it, it's just amazing having both these, these leagues playing at the same time. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, it's such a treat to have these games playing. I think there was actually, if the, if the Celtics had won a game earlier, the Patriots and the Celtics would have played on the same day, which would have been incredible. That would be um, I don't, Yeah, it would have been really cool to watch. Um, but we will begin uh, with the Lakers dismantling the Rockets and heading into the Western Conference Finals. They're the first team to punch their ticket there. I think it's really what we expected. Yeah. Um, it was a 4-1 to one win for the Lakers. The Rockets absolutely falling apart. Um, just it, it, it wasn't even that close of a game, honestly, coming down to it. But after the game, the most notable headline is Mike D'Antoni didn't even get fired. He, he spoke to the team on the plane and said, I'm not coming back next season. Yeah. Which basically sets up Elton Brand to make him the highest paid coach in the NBA, <laughs> which I guarantee I'm betting the house that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Garrett, I know he's going, he's going to Philadelphia and they're going to pay him way too much money for yeah. a coach both his age and of his resume. Yeah. Um, but it, what, where do you think the Rockets go from here? That's the thing that, that I've been asking myself because it feels like they have the pieces – Westbrook didn't show up, but are you going to treat this as an anomaly or are you going to treat this as the status quo going forward? Yeah, it's tough contract-wise. Westbrook's got three more years for like $130 million he's on the books for. God, um, some absurd contract. So I, some John Wall Wizards numbers right there. Yeah. Just contracts that make no sense. Yeah, and it's a little bit different than when they were in you know, the Western Conference Finals down to Game 7 against the, or against the Warriors a couple years ago, and they had you know, one of the worst shooting nights in playoff history. Mm-hmm. And that's where you say, all right, let's run it back. I mean, we yeah. were there. But this team was not there and running it back. I mean, I think you said it best when you said that the Lakers dismantled them. Mm-hmm. They might have literally dismantled the organization. It might be another team that LeBron has just solely yeah. broken broken down. Le, Le Houston. Le one. Houston. Yeah. yeah. Know. The new LeBron they should make like a, a LeBron like territory map of yeah. like all the teams that he's just like dismantled during his career by yeah. beating them in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Like this, I guess you could say like the big three Celtics is one technically. Yeah, I don't, I don't unfortunately. It's a, it's a sore spot for, for both of us. But. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, you, you could even argue the Spurs, possibly. Spurs, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot, actually. I guess Kawhi gets the credit for dismantling the Warriors, but... Yes, I would I would give them that, and yeah, injuries as well. Exactly. To be fair. That's true. Know, not to discount a title, because those <laughs> are hard no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, very interesting to see where they go, and you know, really, who knows, Westbrook, you could kind of take him or leave him at this point, and for that money... 
it could be very difficult to deal him. Exactly. I also think this is the the end of small ball. You know, you think? I think I think it's I think it's I'm excited for for PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon to get their rest now and you know yeah. get their time off and yeah. they aren't having to you know guard guys twice their size. Yeah. Uh, but I think this really proved that you kind of got like it, there was game one of course where Anthony Davis got shut down. I guess it was by PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. But that that was the one game they won. You know, every other game, Anthony Davis was unstoppable. Yeah, I think it really shows that small ball works to an extent. But at a certain point, you know, when you're going up against Giannis on one end or Anthony Davis on the other, you got to have someone their size that can at least match up. Absolutely, you know? that's that's a great point. Really, you're going to need a guy who's a, a, a Giannis stopper or a you know exactly Davis stopper, especially if he resigns in LA after this year. I mean, and I I just can't get through him without a stopper. I hate to go back to the Celtics again, but I feel like they're a good example of having stars along the perimeter and then have just been constantly switching out their center. Absolutely. You know, Al Horford was one for a little bit, but of course he was a little old when he played in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now you have Tice. Um, they haven't, you know, it's it's been a while since they've had a real A-list guy um, at center, but it's worked out for him. You know, I yeah. really don't think you need a star center to be in a great NBA team. You just need a center. Yeah, you know, someone that not it doesn't. They don't even need to put up points regularly. Just someone that can get rebounds and guard. You know, a guy like Anthony Davis. Right. Because otherwise, you, the Lakers are just going to feed him the ball every time. Yeah, if yeah. You, you need someone who can't, Anthony Davis can't just, you know, get him on his back, catch the ball, turn around, shoot a jumper, you know, 20 times a game and make, you know, 12 of them. Mm-hmm. That's just, you can't do it to, to win in this league. And I do think the Celtics are a good model for that, for sure. Moving into Clippers and Nuggets, that game is good. That series is going to game seven. The Nuggets won game six. Once again, they are on the verge of coming back. Down three to one. They did that last time against Utah. This is a take we got horribly wrong because we thought the Clippers were going to run away with this series. We yeah. thought that... Hey, this is a team that barely got past Utah. Now they're playing against the Clippers, who are, you know, as you said last time, are kind of been in this cold war with LA. They've been building up. There's no way they don't make the Western Conference Finals and set up that LA LA matchup. Yeah. All of a sudden, I think the funniest quote was Jokic. Actually, you know, all of a sudden their backs are against the wall, and as Jokic said, like, I don't know how we do this every time, but we yeah. do, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're forcing a game seven against one of arguably the the second best team in the Western Conference as mm-hmm. of right now. Um, but it was that game was insane. I mean, it got to the point where they were up pretty big on on the Clippers think, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the Clippers like it were up it, seventeen, and they exactly. Ended up it's, by it. yeah. it's it's not like they won on some buzzer beater or it like went to OT. This was a they they dominated this game. Yeah, it was pretty close throughout. They they fought back from a Clippers lead and then took a, a very sizable lead of their own. Ended up winning one eleven to ninety eight. Yeah, um, but this game seven is going to be insane. It's going to be, I have no idea what to think, honestly. Like, I feel like I really can't make a prediction based on what's been happening so far in the series. I think the Clippers have to win. They, they have to win this game. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back to that Cold War type thing, I mean, this whole season has been Clippers, Lakers, who's going to come out of the West. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Nuggets are an exciting team, obviously. They made a good run, but also the Clippers have played really poorly. Um, you know, they've continuously put Montrose Harrell on Nicole Jokic, who... It's just not a good matchup. I mean, he's not he's not fast enough. He's not big enough to really contain him. He's just shooting these crazy shots over him, and they're going in. Um, I, I I just think the Clippers have to. If they turn it on, they should win this game tonight by 15 points. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think um, – I, I, I want to talk about what Stephen A. said earlier today <coughs> um, before I talk about the Nuggets a little bit. He said that Kawhi Leonard's legacy in his eyes rides upon this game seven. Hmm. Which I do not agree with, given the fact that he led Toronto to that championship last yeah. year. 
but where do you stand on this? Do you think that this is you know a big make or break game for Kawhi, or do you think he's basically cemented his legacy as a Hall of Famer at this point? I think he's cemented his legacy, but I also think this is a game that he should win. Um, and he, I don't know, I wouldn't say he needs to win it for his legacy, like Stephen A. is mm-hmm. saying, but. Um, like I do think they're going to win pretty pretty fully. I really believe that, and I think they should. And if they don't, I mean, I don't know what you chalk that up to. Um, but I think his legacy will be fine. It will just be kind of a disappointment. And um, I also think there are a lot of fingers to point at other people besides him. I was just about to say, I think it's going to be this series rides on, much like what happened with Russell Westbrook, I think this series will ride on Paul George yeah. if they end up losing. I and think Doc Rivers as well. Yeah, I think he's... The, He's the guy you point the finger to because he's a guy that you're paying a lot of money. He was a big free agent signing, mm-hmm. a guy that we thought was going to go to L.A. and build a super team, chooses the Clippers, and really has not contributed much this series. And yeah. it's, kind of, it's very disappointing to watch. You know, it's a guy that's supposed to be second fiddle to Kawhi, supposed to provide that support, and instead he's getting beat out by a Nuggets team that really has no true A-list star like, you know, your Kawhi or your yeah. LeBron, you know. It's not like they're getting beat by the Lakers right now. They're getting beat by the Nuggets. Yeah. You know, so we got to take the Nuggets at face value for a little bit and say this is a team that should not be here right now. No. You know, they battled back down 3-1 in that first series and they've done it again. The fact that they're here is incredible given their personnel. And that's no offense to Jamal Murray. That's no offense to anyone on the team. No, yeah. But on paper, this Clippers team should be blowing them out of the water right now. Absolutely. They, they, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amend my statement. They really need to win this game. Clippers need to win this game tonight. This is kind of – the series has been kind of a joke. Like the, this has been a disappointment for yeah. them. They should have closed this out much earlier. And they played really poorly in game six, the fourth quarter. I mean they were up by a significant amount. And they lost by a significant amount. Mm-hmm. Just really unacceptable. Um, and if it ends in a game seven loss, that's going to be a really, really disappointing season. That's going to – should cause them to rethink – I mean, I think Doc Rivers, you might have to ask some tough questions. You might have to think, you 100%. know, is this really the guy to get this team to the promised land? Um, but I don't know. I do think they're going to win tonight. But, you know, again, you never know. That game's on at 9 Eastern time tonight. Nine, I think, yeah, 9 Eastern time coming yeah. up after, after who, Celtics heat. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, that's the thing. I, I, was sorry, I was saying earlier, I, I don't really know if I can make a prediction this time. Gun to your head. Gun to my head. Ah, I think the Clippers are going to have to. I yeah. think the Clippers have so much. I think the, the really deciding factor here is that the Clippers have so much more to lose, both coaching and from a player standpoint. Yeah. And so I think that bumps them up an extra notch yeah. in terms of motivation and intensity. And I think that's what's going to get them this win. Yeah. You know, I think that the consequences are so much higher for them. I think the Nuggets just making it here is a huge win for them. Absolutely. And taking this series seven games against the Clippers and fighting back. Yeah. Um, they really have nothing to lose. I think they can really just go out and play tonight. The Clippers, on the other hand, know the repercussions of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They know that trades are going to be made. They know that Doc Rivers is going to you know, be in front of the GM on you know, Friday night if this doesn't work out well. Um, or, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I definitely think the Clippers have that, that extra bit of motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. And then moving into the Celtics Heat series, before we get into that, we never got to cover the end of Celtics-Raptors Game 6. The Raptors took the Celtics to double overtime and then won with a crazy shot. Um, Kyle Lowry had an incredible game. That game, I think, is the reason I'm going to die young because my heart rate was like <laughs> at least 140 for all of OT. I know. Um, it was insane. And then Celtics get that win in game seven, which was big. Um, I was watching, <laughs> watching it on my phone, just losing it. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, and now they play against the Heat, and the Heat have had a lot of rest. The Celtics are up five in the game right now. Um, I guess it's in the second quarter, 36-31. Which is that real time. We're always up to date. I know. This is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but Celtics up right now. 
Playing the Heat, like I said, a team that's gotten a lot of rest, a Celtics team that is fresh off of that seven-game series with a double overtime game that will certainly wear on you. Yeah. So where do you think this series stands? I mean, I, I think the Celtics, this is kind of their ideal matchup. I mean, I think this is another team that, you know, Jimmy Butler is their best player, who I don't think he's as good as Tatum. I don't think he's as good as Kemba. And honestly, I think Brown, if he was on the Heat in place of, um, in place of Butler, I don't know. I think that he could be just as good. So I think the Celtics are loaded compared to this team. As a Celtics fan, I was significantly more nervous about playing the Bucs. I didn't think the Celtics could beat the Bucs. Um, but I think they match up pretty well against the Heat. You know, it, it, Jimmy Butler draws a lot of fouls, so they're going to have to be careful with that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. You know, they're up five in the second quarter of game one, so it's going well right now, so to speak. But um, I, I, I really think the Celtics should roll in this series and go to the finals. What do you think? I, th- I hope so, too. And, of course, I, everyone is drooling over that potential Lakers-Celtics finals, yeah. which would be incredible to watch. Um, but, no, I think this is, a, this is a good matchup for the Celtics, and I really like it. Um, I think, you know, there's going to be – Daniel Tice is going to get some tests for sure. Mm-hmm. I think this, is, this, seri- this series could be big for him, and the same thing with Mario Smart. Um, they, you know, were huge in getting the Celtics that win over the Raptors. The two of them, their performances were amazing. Yeah. Um, and guys that have been overlooked in favor of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. So I think if they can have very similar performances to what they did against – the Raptors, the, the Celtics could close this thing out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I get an, on another note, I think Jalen Brown needs to, you know, prove that he's worth the money we're paying him. Absolutely. I think that's another big thing. He, he had, he was very hot, cold in that Raptor series. Um, put a lot of, it put a lot of weight on Tatum and put a lot of weight on Kemba. And mm-hmm. I think if once that weight is more evenly distributed, I think this team functions a lot better yeah. um, than they do when they're riding entirely on Kemba or entirely on Tatum. I also think that Kemba himself needs to step up. I mean, he only had yeah. five points in Game 6. I think he was very low scoring in Game 7 as well. Um, and that's on a lot of isolation plays. He gets the ball a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're trying to feed him, and he wasn't playing well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tatum is good enough to carry them against a really good Raptors team. Um, you know, the Heat obviously beat the Bucks, so we don't even know who the Heat are really. You know, exactly. I thought of them as the 5 seed, but now they beat, you know, one of the best teams Statistically, according to advanced stats, they were the best team, and their record, the best team in the league. Uh-huh. And even according to advanced stats, one of the best teams ever, like yeah. based on their ratings and stuff. It's so insane. The, and the Heat beat them handily. So, you know, um, I don't know, but I think Kemba can't, I, I just, it, it's too risky for him to be coming out and scoring exactly. five points in 52 minutes. I do, I do think the thing that the Celtics have to their advantage is their defense. Yeah. Their defense was suffocating against the Raptors. And, you know, I'm kind of trying to imagine the matchups in my head, running with, Either uh, you know Jimmy Butler being guarded by Jason Tatum or Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. just the way that the Celtics defense works in general, I think that definitely definitely gives them an advantage. Absolutely, and they were dominant in Game Seven on defense. Exactly. That's when that they really was so away. exciting to watch. I'm a UVA fan, so I love defense. Right. Yeah, it's like my bread and butter for basketball. It's yeah. like my guilty pleasure. No one else likes it except for UVA <laughs> fans. But it was so much fun to watch that in Game Seven for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, moving away from the NBA, we'll keep you all updated on that game as as news comes up. Let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten. If you hop on Twitter, any really any sports news site, you're going to see a different Big Ten rumor every single day. Um, it seems like they are moving more towards reopening their football season. The Pac-12, it seems like, has remained stagnant, and I don't think anything's going to change there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Big Ten had a crazy development today uh, with the Nebraska president um, basically going on. Was it Nebraska or Wisconsin? One of those teams. I think Nebraska? Was it Nebraska? I think Not it was sure. Nebraska. The president um, was talking to a guy who was standing at a podium, and it was a hot mic moment, didn't realize that the podium was on, and there was a room full of reporters, and basically said, 
we're announcing big return of Big Ten football and Badgers football tonight. Yeah. And didn't really he did like no one said anything, but of course the news cameras captured it and it's all over online. So there's no word as of right now. No one knows officially what's happening. There have been different work, you know, different levels of, of uh, rumors. Some people saying that, well, it's going to come back in October. Some people say November. Some people say, well, like, don't get your hopes up. They're just announcing the formal spring season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one knows what the board is going to do, too. Some people yeah. said it has to be a unanimous vote. Some people says it has to be like a simple majority. No one knows what that's going to be. Governors are working for and against it. You know, it's it's just it's this whole convoluted mess, both political and um, athletically, just a total mess. Um, but if that hot mic is any indication, we might be seeing Big Ten football in October, Absolutely. which is crazy. Yeah, I would say credit to Ryan Day, who, head coach of Ohio State, who I feel like really led the effort publicly to try and play this year. Um, basically, literally asking the question, you know, if the SEC is playing, why don't we get to play? If the ACC is playing, why don't we exactly. get to play? Um, you know, our, our guys work just as hard. Um, and if there can be some sort of season, it's just, I'd be really happy for the players. You know, that, that's, it's been a weird year, really weird. And um, just getting to play football, if that's really what you'd love to do in college, that's would just mean a lot in whatever sort of abbreviated sense. Or if they can make a full season happen, doesn't really seem like a full season will happen. But just, just playing games and cre- really credit to the coaches, I think. Harbaugh also in Michigan. Um, doing a good job leading, but I think especially Ryan Day, it's just really galvanizing the program to hopefully sounds like get some football back in the Big Ten. Yeah, the thing you said about full season is one of the one of the biggest concerns I have about this is are they going to get enough games under their belt to be in consideration for the college football playoff? Because um, I think that's like eight or nine games minimum to be considered. Um, um, and so if they can't, if they're starting mid October, are they going to be able to get that many games in that they can have Ohio State qualify or have Michigan qualify potentially? Uh, that's that's gonna be my biggest concern. You know, how are they gonna catch up to all the teams that have already started? Yeah. You know, the ACC I think starts not maybe this weekend, next weekend. I don't know. They 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 start a little later, but um, everyone else has kind of gotten going, and everyone's yeah. kind of you know it's they're gonna be way behind. So I don't know how they're gonna try and fit this in. You know, yeah. if they're gonna have to do games in the middle of the week, if they're gonna have to stagger it, I, I have no clue for what their plan is. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I hope the committee can kind of uh, be sympathetic to their situation. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Ohio State is loaded. Expect it to be back in the national champ, or excuse me, the, the final four, um, or excuse me, college football playoff, um, all over the place with sports. Thinking about basketball, basketball on the brain, um, but they're loaded. I mean, I think they they're expected to be back there, and hopefully they get a chance. I mean, I feel like if they're playing just Big Ten teams and they're rolling, they have to be invited to that to yeah. that final four. I hope so. Just for just for viewer pleasure. Yeah, you know, purely, it's it's gonna feel like a very big asterisk if uh you know if Ohio State is snubbed from Absolutely. the final four. Um, of course, Pac-12. It's, <laughs> I don't know if there was any if there was ever going to be anyone in there to begin with, no, but yeah. uh, it definitely would feel like an asterisk for whoever wins if you don't have Ohio State competing for that national championship. Absolutely, could foresee that being a huge debate come you know January when they're picking those teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough sports news. I think we've basically covered everything for now. Uh, let's move into segments. Have some fun a little bit. <laughs> We're gonna do a follow up. This is round two of have some steroids. Or sorry, no steroid check. We're doing a drug test actually. Start drug test of the week. Okay. Are we doing drug tests or have some steroids? I've got. I've got to have some steroids. Let's do have some steroids. Have some steroids. So okay. Last time, I'm trying to remember what we did last time. We talked about Navy, Navy football or Army Navy football. Yes. Uh, and so they, aren't, they aren't doing con- in time. Yeah. Well, mine it goes to Saquon this week. Right. As if the steroids haven't already created his calves or his <laughs> massive legs. I mean, yeah. there's got to be something. Did he stop taking it? What's the deal? So, yeah, so he only had six rushes. He got outrushed by Big Ben. Yeah. And this is Big Ben coming out of an injury. Like, this is not Big Ben, Big Ben. This is like, 
a ton of ice on his arm with yeah. like the big like heating like pad sleeve. Yeah, this is a like crippled old man, Big Ben, and he's out rushing what some see is one of the best running backs in the game right now. Um, so my my half some steroids goes to him. That was just. And just a brutal performance. Only six rushing yards, especially in your first game of the season. Like, there's a lot weighing on you. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. T- please take some steroids. If, if there's any, like, if you want something to entice you to do it, it'll make your legs better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make, make it bigger. Yeah. There you go. Big enough. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There's, there's, your, there's your reward. <laughs> Absolutely. My half some steroids goes to Randy Bullock, the oh kicker boy. for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, boy. Um, who, uh, you know, R- Randy, you look a little short. Um <laughs> Let me see. You got your we measurements. Get, do we have official height on here? Five foot nine, two hundred five pounds. Ugh. So uh, stocky guy, um, but you know, big leg apparently, uh, <laughs> but not so big on Sunday. Unfortunately, spoiled Joe Burrow's. You know, first game had a gimme field goal at the end to win the game or to tie it, I believe, to tie it. Um, and he missed it wide right, and on the field he grabbed his right calf, uh, acting like you know he you know messed up his his leg. And then after the game in the locker room, he was listed as, you know, having a left calf injury. So Randy, um, you know, I, I know those legs are fine. Still, totally fine. you just need some steroids and they'll be even better. And, you know, maybe you guys, next time you need him in crunch time, Randy will be there. But with steroids this time. Honestly, props on him in the heat of all that, blowing that game, everything that's running through his mind. The fact that his, the first thing he went to was <laughs> let me fake an injury. Yeah. I mean, I got to give him some, give the man some credit. That's yeah. the last thing I would be thinking. Yeah. I would have been running through that over and over again in my head, thinking yeah. about what the media was going to say, what my teammates, what my coaches think about getting lit up in the locker room. Yeah. And the first thing this man thinks of is, how can I get myself out of this situation? He had that one in his back pocket. Exactly. He was like, if I ever miss a big field goal, I'm, I'm sure every injury. I'm sure every kicker has that, though, in their mind. Yeah. If something goes wrong, let me just fake a leg injury and yeah. like hobble off the field and then I'll be back next week and say it was just like a cramp or something. Yeah, so Randy has some steroids, fix one or both calves or none, just have them for fun. Um, yeah, get, get, get it together, Randy. <laughs> Alright, moving into our second segment, which is hot take of the week. Last time we talked about Kendrick Perkins, I think. It was Kendrick Perkins uh, yes, talking, and Kirk Cousins and we, and we talked about Kirk Cousins and yes. steroids a little bit too. Um, but this week, something even crazier than what we talked about. Just so much more blasphemous than what we talked about last time. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Dax Prescott came out, came out about his mental health struggles. Um, I think he, he, you know, passing of his brother, and of course a lot of pressure as an NFL QB. Um, so he talked about battling with anxiety and depression and everything he had to go through during COVID, kind of being isolated and alone on his own. And Skip Bayless goes on his show and basically says, you're the QB of America's team. You should not show any weakness. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, Skip... uh, You're talking about a guy that just lost his brother and has an insurmountable amount of pressure on his shoulders every week. Yeah. Completely unrealistic expectations, you know, because Cowboy fans are just delusional to begin with. But it just... You can't say that kind of... I don't know. Just completely delegitimizing everything he just said is the worst possible way to to go about this scenario. Yeah, and you know, I, I get the whole America's team thing, but they're not really America's team so much anymore. They're more just like the second place finisher in the NFC East every year. Um, you know, I think Dak's a great player. I think he is underrated in the league. Um, and Skip, I think, is probably overrated at ESPN. Is he yeah. still at ESPN? He's, yeah, he's, he's Fox Sports now. He's Fox he, Sports. he does a show with Shannon Sharp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. First, it's the first hit? No, it's. Um, I don't know. There's so many different ones. I know. They got reshuffled. It's like Skip and Shannon or something. Yeah, I guess yeah. It, it's, yeah, I think it's Skip and Shannon or whatever. 
Yeah. I'm, yeah. Whatever. Whatever yeah. your show's called, Skip. I don't really watch his stuff, honestly. It's this might be like the worst mistake of his career, honestly. This could yeah. be like the thing that haunts him for the rest of it. If, if he doesn't lose his job over this, this could be the thing that just hovers over him for the rest of his life. Absolutely. It's a new era about this kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe three, four years ago, that this would be an acceptable take and it would be kind of, everyone would agree, you know, don't yeah. show weakness if you're the quarterback of the Cowboys or an athlete in general. Yeah. But it's really a whole new era. Guys like, you know, Kevin Love have really shepherded in this openness about, you know, exactly. athletes are people too. And they have Which needs own. to happen. Absolutely. It needed to happen. And the fact that it took this long is insane. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, props to, you know, Dak Prescott for standing his ground, saying, you know, he, he's going to say what he's going to say. He's going to feel what he's going to feel. And a lot of players came to his support, too. Like DeMarco yeah. Rosen, Kevin Love, all those guys came yeah. and fought for him on Twitter. Yeah, there was a lot. There were people laying into him on Twitter, which, I mean, good for them. Like, yeah. Do it. Call him out. You know, call, call it as it is. That's just can't be saying that stuff now. And yeah. especially, you know, when a guy is talking about his, his feelings and, you know, what he's been struggling with as a person. And you go out and just be like, well, because you're the quarterback of America's team, like, that automatically takes away your ability to be a human being and have basic emotions, you know? Yeah, it's just way too old school for the modern day, really inappropriate and just harmful in general. Skip, yeah, I, I always think of when he, uh, someone called him out for scoring like 2.8 points per game in high school on his basketball team. <laughs> I, love, I love those like this you things yeah, on Twitter where yeah, they yeah. just pull out someone's stat line or yeah. like, put like an embarrassing photo. Kendrick Perkins is, is one of the worst for that. I don't yeah. know if you've seen the video on Twitter where it's the, the Kendrick Perkins highlight reel and it does like the little huddle thing where it illuminates the player and just <laughs> him like setting a pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like him sitting on the bench. It's hilarious. I need to see that. That's so funny. Oh, God. All right, well, moving into our last segment of today's show, we're going to embrace debate a little bit. This is a new segment that we haven't done yet. But Cole, I know this is a topic that you're very passionate about and that you can really get heated about if, if things get too dicey here. But we're going to talk about Tom Brady. The Bucks lost their opening game, and this begs the question, is Tom Brady a system quarterback? No. He's out of New England. He's not under Belichick anymore. He doesn't have his, his good friend Julian Edelman to throw to. He's not throwing 10-yard checkdowns every play now. Is is it does this prove that he is a system quarterback? So you'll you'll say that he isn't. I'll, I'll say that he is. Um, you know, as the Boston Homer you are, I'll let you let you open this one up. See what you have to say. Well, you know, when people say that Brady's a system quarterback, I think they really expose themselves as not knowing how football works or sports or life in general. Just caught out like half of Twitter right there. But keep going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Love first this. of all. Uh, the Patriots with Tom Brady, he was under multiple different offensive coordinators, and he was under multiple different offensive systems. He was in the West Coast offense, he was in spread offense, another one that I'm forgetting the name, but I would recognize it. We'll look it up and we'll let you know later. Um, but basically, I always ask, you know, what is the system? People say, then they say, oh, you just throw short passes. Um, but then if you look at average air yards per throw in the league, he is not even in the bottom 15 in terms of he's throwing deep more than other quarterbacks. Rodgers is actually the bottom which is you know, not what you hear, but that's what the numbers say. Numbers don't lie. Um, and then if you also get into, you know, Brady doesn't like to throw deep. If you looked at last year, there's a stat that it's like Pro Football Focus does a thing where they say, you know, where the ball should go, essentially. And there was like something, whatever percentage of throw should have gone deep. Brady was throwing higher than that at a clip that was above average. So essentially, Brady likes to throw deep. So people say, you know, first of all, so just refuting multiple points here. There's no one system. He's played in multiple systems. So what's the system if he's a system quarterback? Second of all, he's not throwing short all the time. Other quarterbacks are, and they don't get any flack for it. And then it's, does he like to throw short and he just can't? No, he actually wants to throw long more often than he's actually supposed to. So where's, look, I'm, I'm really, I'm like, 
I'm like, you're doing your research on this. I'm about I, to yeah. come in with no research, just <laughs> literally just what I've eyeballed throughout yeah. my entire life watching it. All right, well, yeah. Well, but here's my thing. I think the system doesn't necessarily mean the offense is in. I think it could encapsulate the Patriots organization as a whole and how he's going to adapt when Bill Belichick isn't his coach and when he doesn't have a familiar set of people around him, yeah. when he's in a new environment. Can he adapt is, like, the real question there. Or is he too much? Is he too, you know, used to his playing style? That he's, you know, kind of like set in that, you know, that one spot. Two interceptions is not a great thing to have in your first game, especially for a guy that's trying to show that he, one, isn't getting too old and that, two, he can, you know, be good wherever he plays. I don't know if he's as comfortable in Tampa as he was in, in New England, and that's what worries me. For a guy that's the GOAT, you should be comfortable wherever you go. Like, MJ was comfortable in D.C. You know, he didn't care. He's just out there playing, you know. Yeah. It, it, there was never a sense of, like, a, adapting. He just went and played. Yeah, you know, that's I, I don't want to I don't know if you can, those two are, are good enough to compare. Um, so that's point number one. It's just like I don't know if system necessarily means the offense as it is just like can he perform without Belichick and not being a Patriot? Sure. Um, I also think that the, you know what he has around him. You know, having Leonard Fournette and having a run option and all that is that going to make him you know less ineffective in, in Tampa? You know, does Tampa really need him at the helm, or have they built so much of a team around him that? You know, could you put someone else in there and would he be replaceable? You know, because think about it. You look at you look at New England. You put Cam in the same system that Tom Brady was in and he's performing super, super well. Well, very yeah. different offense. Same, exactly. Same organization. Very different. Same offense. organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, same kind of support system around him. And my third point is he kisses his kids on the lips. And I'll toss that back to you. Okay. Um, so, the first point about the organization and Belichick's the head coach. I totally get that. I mean, the Buccaneers made a lot of mistakes that a Bill Belichick coach team don't they would never make, um, you know, just penalties and not having the, the game plan down. Um, but as we touched on earlier, it was their first game together. I think it should be ironed out. Mm-hmm. Um, not as worried about that, but I think that is a good point. Um, and uh, what was your second point? I'm too focused on the third. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, se- my second point was just talking about how, you know, Cam's doing well in this basically a very similar situation yeah. after not doing well in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, it, it, oh, like it was, are you saying that like he's interchange? Like, it, it kind of like yeah. the point is, is he interchangeable? Yeah, sure. seeing Cam do so well. Yeah, and with the the Buccaneers having kind of a loaded offense, yeah. or like, yeah. is he even? And you know, that's and the same thing. Like, yeah. is is Brady kind of set up so well that we aren't going to be able to tell what his true skills are, given yeah. that he's with Gronkowski again and with Fournette and Mike Evans and sure. You know. I think I think Brady's a guy who. And I think people also fundamentally misunderstand the role of a quarterback in an NFL offense. It's not really to have highlight plays or to throw for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. It's to manage the game. You're essentially a co- you are a coach on the field for you know more or less. Um, and the fact that you're calling the protections, if you're Brady, you can call any audible you want. You can call any hot rod you want. You can call anything you want. Um, you can call QB sneak from the two yard line if you want. Um, so. I think people think it's all about highlights. Like, you know, for example, uh, that Rodgers big highlight play where he rolled out and threw to the receiver, that's not really a good play because the pocket was protecting him. He rolled out, creating his own pressure, going out to defenders where they were. He met them where they were. And then he throws to a guy who he makes a great throw. He still has arm talent. But that was not really a strong fundamental quarterback play. Tom Brady makes sharp plays, and under pressure, he will continue to make sharp plays. So he's not a light-up-the-scoreboard type guy. He was in 2008 when they went undefeated. Um, uh, and you know, won the Super Bowl over the Giants. Um, if my memory serves correctly, I think they won that game against Eli Manning uh, because David Tyree dropped that ball <laughs> and Eli Manning was in the grasp of Richard Seymour. Oh, your your memory is incredible, man. I don't know how you remember that so vividly. Well, That's yeah, insane. a lot of people say they remember their worst memories from childhood really well. <laughs> um, 
But so uh, I think that the quarterback's job is to be super sharp and not make huge plays. I think Brady's great at that. And if the team's not doing well, I mean, which they weren't, then that's tough. And the third point, you know, I think the haters and the losers are jealous of, you know, a family that loves each other and a father who loves his sons and his yeah. daughter. I was waiting for you to get to this because this is kind of becoming the cornerstone of this argument here. So I want to I get on it. I want you to, to address this real quick. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say, yeah, he was like sexually harassing his son. <laughs> I was like, please, all right, look, different people. Also, I've seen he does that with his dad still at his dad's advanced age, which Oof. is disgusting. But oh, if man. that's what you were raised Lordy. on, that's not that big a deal. We didn't really do that in my family, and it seems not like a, most yeah. people out I feel there. Like, I feel like 99% of families don't do that. But Yeah, but also, know, yeah. Uh, Brady's, in the, Brady's in the 1% of families, you know, married to the most <laughs> successful, the richest supermodel of all time. Like, <laughs> they could do things a little different, and, you know, who am I, who am I to judge? That's true. No, I agree. So, yeah. I like that little wholesome ending to that argument. That yeah. was very nice. It was very tender. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Let's let's finish up with our movie with our uh, our music segment. Um, really, really cool stuff coming out on Twitter. I guess we can really thank Twitter for the emergence of this. But Kendrick Lamar had three songs leaked this week. Mm-hmm. They're on YouTube. They're on Twitter. They're everywhere. They were reviewed all over Twitter uh, and YouTube. But this is a guy that we haven't had new music from since 2016 in terms of like a full-length album. He was on the Black Panther album a couple years back that got really big and had some really good songs on there. But we haven't had a, a solo Studio Kendrick album since 2016. So no one knows if these are just old songs that have like resurfaced or that yeah. kind of just got like put out intentionally or if this is actual new stuff from the album. But just listening to it, it I'm excited, man. Yeah, I want some new music. I mean, I I'm, I feel like people have too high hopes for what's going to happen this year because again, no one can tour. So what's the point of releasing an album if you can't right. tour? You know, like I'm, I Drake's got that album. I don't think he's going to release it this year. Like I feel like he's definitely going to hold out so he can do his big like yeah stadium tour like he did with with Migos last after Scorpion. Um, but this is I, I want some new music from him so bad. Him yeah. and, and J Cole and, and Drake and of course Kanye if that ever happens again. Yeah. Um, but it's just exciting, man. Good to hear, good to hear like, a little bit of new music from him. Absolutely. Yeah, you kind of forget how good he was, honestly. Yeah. Like, and he's a guy that I feel like never has stuff leaked. Like, I feel like yeah. he's very good about protecting his music, whereas, you know, Kanye has a new leak every day, and Drake gets a lot of his stuff leaked. And, and yeah. I don't know about J. Cole, if J. Cole's had stuff, but it feels like, at least from what I've seen, Kendrick's done a good job of, like, protecting his stuff and keeping, you know, staying off the radar, keeping his music off the radar, and, like coming back to life when he wants to release something and then yeah. going back into his, his cave and, and releasing and you know, putting together more music. Yeah, definitely a master of like surprise drops. So definitely interesting to hear these. They could just be old stuff that yeah. got out somehow. But I mean, like to think that, you know, I think his his record label came out, I think Top Dog Entertainment, they said he's mm-hmm. probably not having anything, uh, at least through the end of the year, yeah. um, album-wise. So Which is know. smart, like, from a financial standpoint. I feel like yeah, every year, you know, yeah. if you want to make money off of an album, it's best to wait until you get go do a concert for it absolutely yeah like I remember his, his last one uh, Damn was he released it and the next weekend he was headlining Coachella yeah. like that's the kind of role that they exactly. need for an album for a guy with stature exactly. so you, you totally know that with like it's just a kind of a dead period right yeah. now without the, without the big concerts or tours uh, but yeah I really would love to hear from him just it was kind of nice to hear his voice like sure. and just he, he's an incredible rapper for I mean sure. one of the best ever in my opinion 
and any new music I would listen to over and over again for a while. I'll never forget one of the coolest album rollouts I've ever seen was Drake when he put out Views, and I don't know if it was just because I was living in Virginia in like February or whatever, but it was like cloudy and rainy for like the whole week after he put out that album. <laughs> of course, him is like it's like the cloudy sky, and he's like sitting up there with like his head down. Yeah, it was so cool, like yeah. <laughs> having that weather for the whole week and listening to Views at the same. It was so cool. I remember when that came out. I was actually I was in Los Angeles with my mom visiting uh, a couple colleges out there, uh-huh. and we were driving. It was at night, um, probably would have been like a Thursday night, I guess, like nine o'clock on yeah. the West Coast. Uh, album just came out. We we're driving the rental car through LA, and I played it. It was just so sick. I I, I, I kind of have a soft spot for that album, partly because like, like I remember it kicked off was. one of the best summers of my like summer of 2016. Incredible music wise, just yeah. like memory. I feel like that's a universally well liked summer. Yeah, but that's kind of like what kicked it off, like One Dance and Controla and yeah. you know stuff like that. Those are sweet. God. Yeah. Yeah, just different. different he just makes hits, man. I don't understand it. Yeah, just it's crazy. Yeah, Same with Kendrick. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, Kendrick's um, albums are incredible. And you gotta think that, like, you know, with everything that the country's going through in terms of, you know, the, the social movements going on, this is like his bread and butter when it comes to the, the topics of, of his music. Like, I'm, very, I'm honestly very surprised he didn't put out, like, just one song. Yeah. Like, about everything that's going on. Yeah, very interested to hear his take on it. I mean, he's really yeah. just, I mean, he won the, what, Pulitzer Prize? Pulitzer right? Prize, he's, yeah. He's very accomplished lyrically he really knows he can write um and very interested to hear his, his takes on everything because it'll it'll be different than other people and it'll be more nuanced and i'm sure it'll make everyone think if not you know agree with him mm-hmm. what he what he has to say about stuff so yeah hopeful happy to hear the songs and hopeful there's a big one coming soon hopefully, really yeah. hopeful hopefully well let's pick an outro song yeah. while we're at while we're at it let's just pick something kendrick we had travis scott we had apple pie which is one of my proudest editing moments having that, that so piano fade in. Yeah. I was going, oh, we, we tried the Travis Scott burger too. We can oh, talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. A little underwhelming, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. It was, it was, fine. It was cool. Like, yeah, I kind of like the experience of it. Yeah. And, you know, going like ordering it and stuff. But yeah. As a thing, I felt like I'd honestly like already eaten it before. You yeah. know? Yeah. It was, but it was fine. cool. I like kind of like the gimmick. The gimmick of it was, was what was the most entertaining for sure. Yeah. Good value for six bucks at McDonald's. Yeah. Exactly. You, know, you get a drink, fries, a burger, bacon. Yeah. And like I said last time, like we're college kids. We will literally do anything that. Yeah. Gets us out of sleeping and going to class online. I think everyone in my house tried it. Yeah, that's what we had nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, yeah. That's right. All right, so we need a Kendrick song off the dome to, to finish this episode with. Yeah. We can um, go old Kendrick. We can go like mid Kendrick. We can go new Kendrick. We can do whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've always been a big, big GTA guy, and okay. hopping in the car and hearing ADHD on, yes. on Radio Los Santos just yes. makes my day. Love that. I never leave the car once that gets, I just drive a little bit extra, yeah, you know, yeah. take some more loops around. Yeah. Let's hit that. Let's <laughs> hit that ADHD? That's Heck perfect. Yes. All right, well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, catch us on Spotify and Apple Music, Woo! or Apple Podcasts officially. This is big time for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we're out here in the basement recording this thing. We're hoping to, to, to make this a big thing. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you all next time. don't exist, man, that's where my Tripping off that is shaking. Pick them up, then I sit them in cold water. Then I order someone to bring them Viker. Then hope they take the pain away from the feeling that he feel today. You know when you're part of Section 8 and you feel like no one can't relate. Cause you are, you are. A loner, loner, marijuana. End office make you stronger, stronger. I'm in the house party. Tripping off my generation. Sipping cough syrup like it's water. Never no pancakes in the kitchen. Man, not one of our lives is caught up in the daily superstition. That the world is but the end. Gives a f- we never do listen. Unless it comes with an 808 melody